Hello, welcome to York Street. We hope that this sermon will be an inspiring and impactful one, just what you need at this time. For any of our sermon-based studies, please head to our website at www.yorkstreet.com.ae. So grab a cuppa, grab your notebook, whatever you need, and we hope that you enjoy the sermon. I remember going camping for one of the very first times with one of my young children, then at the time they were young, and it was the first time they've been in a bush setting with a tent and a campfire, and it was my dad, myself, and one of my sons. And we're in this scenario where it's starting to get dark, and we've got the fire lit and we're trying to get dinner prepared. And dinner was the gourmet bush baked beans on toast, which is sort of like this piece of bark that is like was bread at one point, but it's now burnt to a crisp. And it, it, the baked beans that we're trying to cook. Now, in the cooking process, my son is hungry because it's dark and it takes a while to get the fire going and all these things. And he's just like, I'm hungry now, though. Put it in the microwave. Um, and we explain, there is no microwave, there is no way, this is the process. And we finally get everything burnt to perfection. And we, we pour it on his plate and the first bite is burns his lip. Oh, 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 too hot, too hot, put it in the fridge. <laughs> like, tr- totally true story. You see, the idea of electricity of power, of the way that we live, actually means that sometimes when we hear a parable or something that Jesus told, sometimes there's a bit of a disconnect because we can't appreciate what we've just heard about, the the idea of, of power and being plugged in. You see, in that scenario at camping, we we weren't plugged in to power. And so life was different. As we start this year, I wonder if you felt like over 2021 that you've unplugged and that you need to plug back in to the source. If you feel like you're running low on power, if you feel like you're unplugged, then God's word has something for you today. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, today as we we preach the, the first message in a series of parables that Jesus told to challenge us in how we live and to live more like you exemplified through your son. Lord, I pray that we would first realize that we need to plug into the power source, that it's not about us, that it's about you. And may we find the source of power in you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. In a little bit of a history lesson, about 1000 BC, the Chinese discovered that if they cut and stored ice, the ice could be used as a preserving measure for food. They would take ice and cart it huge distances to different locations where they would insulate it and put food in these icy spaces in a way of making it last longer, especially meat. 
so it would be saved from decaying. About 500 years later, the Egyptians and Indians learned that if they left their earthenwares, their, their pottery outside, overnight it would freeze. And then they could use that in a much more sustainable way to once again preserve food. Other groups, such as Greeks, Romans, and Hebrews, um, stored snow in pits that were lined with insulation, once again, for the reason of preserving. Throughout history, we see different people try and find ways of stopping food from going bad, from turning, from decaying. It wasn't until sort of the, the late 1800s that Albert T. Marshall was acknowledged for making the first mechanical refrigerator. Here uh, we, we see Albert Einstein created a patent for, in 1930 of a fridge. And we see in the, 19, in the year 1900, the first meatworks was actually used, used a fridge to store its meat. And within 15 years, it was the industry standard across the world. The reason I'm saying this is that 150 years ago, things were very different to the way that we live. I can almost guarantee that every single one of us has a fridge and a freezer at home with food that will last more than a day or two, maybe even weeks. And if you're like me, you've still got food from Christmas <laughs> and that plum pudding and the other plum pudding and the backup plum pudding, just in case you ran out of plum puddings, that will probably last another three years. <laughs> but this idea of preserving is, is what we, we see written in Scripture. We're going to get to that in a little bit. But before we dive into the Scripture, I want, I want you to hear that the world has changed a lot. And when Jesus was preaching and he talked about the idea of things that preserve, we've got to change our thinking just a little bit. There's also another thing that we take for granted in life. In 1752, Benjamin Franklin conducted the idea, connected the idea of lightning and electricity being the same thing. Now, people for a long time understood that electricity was made by nature and static electricity in, existed in the late 1800s and early 1900s. Once again, Nikola Tes Tesla, um, Tesla cars, the same name that was used for the cars today, uh, did a lot of research in electricity and how that worked. He also worked with a guy called Thomas Edison for a season, and Edison and Joseph Swan were accredited as inventing what is closely linked to the current light bulb, in that they created the first light bulb that lasted hours and hours. Electricity was harnessed, stored, and created a way to control our world. But what happens when the electricity stops? What happens when we have the blackout that we had last year, where it wasn't just for a few hours for some, it was a few days. All of a sudden, the, the fridge becomes a different tool to what it was. You, you tell the kids to keep the door closed, not so much to let the cool out, but don't let the heat in. Try and, try and preserve what is there. 
You, you start measuring your, your rechargeable devices to go, oh, I can't use this too much because I'm not sure when I'm going to be able to do it. You, those that were trying to work from home, the laptops were starting to run out. People were starting to, to share with others, hey, I've got power. You can come to me, charge your devices, bring your little portable fridge, use our fridge and freezer to store your food. People were drawn to those who had electricity. It became a bit of a game changer. And in scripture, what we see is the power of being plugged in, the power of being connected to the source when we read what Jesus talked about, who we are to be. And in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, it says this, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? For it's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot you see, salt in the, the scripture was, that was referred to here was most commonly found in the Dead Sea. We've got a, a, a map up here where you can sort of see where the Dead Sea and a, and a photo of the Dead Sea itself there. And you can see it, it's a very salty, salty in, inland sea. But because it's a, a natural, the refining process meant that there was different grades of salt. There was good quality salt and poor quality salt. And salt in those days is like electricity. It is a currency. It is a way of life. Some scholars even refer that, that, that Roman soldiers were paid their wage in salt. And there's a phrase that we have today that's worth their weight in salt that comes from this idea of salt actually being worth currency. Salt is being worth, worth money. Salt is worth a lot. It is a precious commodity, especially the good quality salt. And so we could read this passage, you are the salt, and go, oh, well, we're, we're a precious commodity, aren't we? And, and that's true. You are. You are precious. You are worth. You are You are special. But the verse actually means something more because when we, we take out electricity and we realize the way that they lived back then, we realize that salt has other purposes. Number one, salt, even today, is used to help enhance flavor. You get some chips, you put some salt on it. There's certain takeaway restaurants that whatever they put in their salt, like, oh, it is just, you know, it's, it's worship worthy. I just sing, praise Jesus. I really do. When I, like, man, look what, look what his creation has made. It is amazing. Fantastic. I love those. But once again, that's, that's not the main purpose of salt in Scripture. Salt was used as a preservative. They didn't have fridges, they didn't have the freezers, and so what they would do is they would take their meat especially and put salt on the meat so that it would last. The understanding is that it is going to decay over time. You can't make it last forever. It is going to, to turn bad. But the salt slows the process. And in this, what we see is that, that as Christians, we live in a world that is slowly going bad. We are living in a world that is decaying. We are living in a world that is getting worse. However, we are to preserve the things of God. 
We are to, to preserve the, the way that God told us to live. We are to preserve the, the morals and ethics that he showed us through the way that Jesus lived. We are to preserve the flavors that God has within this world. Kindness, generosity, peace, love, harmony. We are to, to preserve those things. If I was to put it into an action, what we are to do is Christians are to be a blessing everywhere that they go. Because if we're not being a blessing, what are we being? Are we slowing the decay of this world or are we speeding it up? We are to be the, the hands and feet of Jesus where we go, to be the salt of the earth. What would happen in those days is if the salt wasn't good quality, it wouldn't go very far and it wouldn't last. And so they would simply take that batch of salt, open the window that went to the closest street and throw it out onto the road. And the salt would mix with the mud and the dirt in the street and, and the animals and people would just walk over and it would just sort of get trampled in. And we read in Scripture and in Revelation of the church in Laodicea, it says, are you lukewarm? Are you hot or cold? What are you like when, when it comes to, to your, your walk with God in the, in, in the mouth? Lukewarm water is spat out. It's like it's, it's not good for anything. It's, but Jesus is saying you're to be salt, you're to be good, you're to be the God flavors, you're to be the preservative of the things of God on this earth by being a blessing. Everywhere that we go. And we hear stories of this, of people in supermarkets that we've heard over the past year, of, of somebody from, the, from a church that's been in the queue and the person before them is abusing this poor teenager that's on the checkout for something, who knows what, sometimes it's COVID-related, sometimes it's not. And this poor young teenager that's trying to earn a wage is being abused by somebody. And then the, the Christian walks up next and just says some kind words. I'm so sorry you got treated that way. You're doing a great job. Thank you so much that yeah, we we're able to have food. You're doing it. Thank you. Please don't take it personally. Yeah, they've probably got other stuff going on too. And just saying some nice words. We've heard story after story of that young teenager not bursting into tears because of the abuse, but bursting into the tears because of the kindness. Because someone stopped and was salt. Someone stopped and showed love. Someone stopped and showed kindness and was salt in the midst of the decay of the world. The passage then goes on in verse 14 where it says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people put a lamp and put it under a bowl. No, instead they put it on a stand that it gives life to everyone in the household. Now it's interesting in this that, that Jesus says that you are the light. He doesn't say that you are the raging fire. We spoke about this a few weeks ago about when John was baptised. He said, I baptise with, with water, but one will come after me that will baptise you with fire and the idea of the fire being all-consuming being the Holy Spirit and we're not meant to be the raging Holy Spirit that's the Holy Spirit but we're meant to be light 
And the light that they referred to in biblical times was this little clay pot. And the little clay pot had a wick that stuck out of the end and would just give a dull light. And the other side of the clay pot was a a little lid that you could pull off and top up with oil because the oil wouldn't last that long. And the higher you put the light, the, the more the light would spread. And because the light wasn't big, you wouldn't put it behind anything because it, it wouldn't have any effect. And so that little bit of light was precious. A little bit of light was important. And so Jesus says that you are the light of the world. Don't hide that light. Shine it, but more, shine it so others in your household, others can see the light that you're holding up before them. But the question is, how do you shine the light? We've been told to be a blessing, to be salt, but how do you shine the light before others? The scripture goes on to say, In the same way, let your light shine before others they may, so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. The way that you shine the light is by your actions, by the way that you live. Your good deeds shine the light. The conversation with the person at the checkout shines the light The way that you interact with brothers and sisters at church shines light, but the way that you act with your brothers and sisters outside of church also shines the light. What I love about this is that the word before others indicates where we stand, where where our stance is. Where the, the idea of shining your light, your good deeds before others, doesn't mean that you're over them, but it just means you're out front living your life, being salt as others are around you, before others. You don't hide it. You don't hide your deeds. I know there's humility in it, but there's ways of, of living a life, shining the light that points people not to you, but to God. The thing is that the light that we shine, while it's God in us, it's not, we're not the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit, but we're not the Holy Spirit. But we've got to make sure that what we shine is plugged into the power, sh- power source. We've got to make sure that, that what we do is, is plugged in to God. And I loved our reflection over communion because it just lined, as God does, lines it perfectly. In that, that I wonder this year, with the habits that were broken last year, with the routines that we weren't able to, to fully you know, live by because of different ways and lockdowns and all the messy stuff that we had. And as Anthony said, we've rolled with the punches, but man, they, they leave some marks and they leave some bruises and maybe some of the bruises and the, the, the damage is that we're not plugged in as much because our routines were taken away. Our habits, the the things that helped us connect to God were were taken from us. So this year I want to encourage you. And the first question about today is, are you plugged in to the source? 
Ephesians chapter 3 says, For this very reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven, uh, on heaven and on earth drives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit. This is where the light comes from. So your inner being so that, that in Christ he may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know his love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. You see, the light that we shine comes from being plugged in. It comes to being plugged into the power source. It's not our light that we shine. Yes, we do the deeds, but it's not for us. We do the deeds because of God in us. We are called because of Jesus and what he's done for us, the example that he's shown us because we've accepted his leadership as Lord and Savior of our life. We then respond to that incredible gift of salvation through our acts and deeds led and prompted by the Holy Spirit as we are plugged in. It works a bit like this. You see, firstly, you plug in, and that's such a blessing to be plugged in to to who God is. And you're plugged into God, and it's such a blessing just to, to see who Jesus is and what he did for us and how we're saved. And because of that, we want to share that blessing with others. We can't keep it to ourselves. And in that blessing, there's an action that flows out. And that action is the light and the good deeds and the salt. And because of that, we just go, wow, and, and it's so amazing that we just want to plug in more and learn more about who this God is, which is such a blessing. And so we want to pass the blessing on, so we do some more actions, and then the more actions we do, the more we see God in action and we go, I want to plug in more. And it's kind of, we keep plugging in and being blessed and blessing others and doing actions and plugging in. And it's this cycle. I don't know, for some of us, the cycle was broken last year. Because of the way that the world went, because of the disruption to our routines, I want to say one of the most important things that we can do this year is plug back in. Because you can't pick up on any other part of the cycle without the power source. So I want to ask you, do you need to be plugged in? Do you need to be plugged in? I had a moment this year, I'm going to share two stories about um, how God showed up when I didn't expect him to. Um, And I want to share my insecurities around it because sometimes when you're doing the action, you're not always feeling like, yes. You're not full of confidence. There's there's humanity in the mix. One of them happened earlier last year when um, we were able to meet and church was in a good space. We didn't have to wear masks. It was the best. So good. And one of our young adults was doing it tough. And as people often do, they think they can slip out during the last song. We have people. Yeah. And I saw somebody trying to sneak out during the last song. And I caught him just at the door. It was one of our evening services. And said, I see that you're trying to leave. And I'll, I'll let you leave. But 
Are you okay first? I want you to know that you're loved. And I wanted to share something that God had put on my heart. When God puts something on your heart, there's a wrestle because you go, do you share it or don't you? Is it weird? Like, what is it? Like, oh, what is this? You know, there's this wrestle between the spirit that's in you and your own flesh and your own thoughts. But what God had placed on my heart is that I heard that this person was in financial difficulty. And in that moment, as I saw them leave, I felt like God prompted me to say, can I pay your bills? Now, the wrestle inside me was this this torn part of, this is what God wants me to do. And what if they're like $10,000? Ah, like, like that, that's what's in me. And so I'm trying to be all like, and inside I'm like, I'm not feeling as comfortable as what I, it could be. And then the other part of it is like, I haven't told a vet. She knows nothing. What am I doing? And we had this conversation, just a really brief one, because I wanted to honor that she wanted to go. I said, God has just put it on my heart to offer to pay your bills. If you can somehow get me a copy of those, um, I would love to pay them for you, if that would help. But I'm seeing you want to go, so know that we love you. We're here for you. Um, Someone will follow you up tomorrow. Off you go. It took a couple of months and, you know, it's sort of awkward. You see each other and go, do I offer again? What do you, like, this is, is that weird? Like, a couple of months later, um, we had the conversation and they, they said, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Once again, I don't know what this amount is going to be. I've talked to a vet by this time. And it just so happened that we'd been wanting to build a shed at our home. And we'd applied months and months and months before for a loan. And the week that she said, yes, could you pay my bills, was the the week that the loan was approved. And you go, you're blessed by God. You want to bless someone else. And then you do the action. And all of a sudden, God does something bigger for you, which just means you want to do more. So I'm not going to offer to pay everyone's bills here today. But here, that it's, it's this... There's this cycle where you're in that space of faithfulness. It doesn't always happen that way. I'm not, I'm not, this is not a prosperity gospel at all because there's times when you give just because of that's the right thing to do and you don't get back. But there are moments in life when you, you offer something and God shows up and you go, wow, that's incredible. The other story I want to share was that, that earlier this, more recently, I was... Um, Somebody had passed away within the church and I was meeting with some of the family and close friends connected. And I remember it was a, it was a Monday, so it was my usual day off and I was pretty tired from the Sunday. But it's the, you know, you've just got to do what you've got to do in those, those seasons. And so I've gone to visit this family and I am in full pastoral care mode. I am like, I am just love you know, in that space, I'm just asking questions, I'm here and I'm taking notes, I am, I'm in the zone as you sort of, you, you know, usually on a Monday I'm not in the zone, I'm just dribbling, watching TV or sleeping in, like I'm not in the zone at all. But I am in the zone and I haven't turned off from this pastoral mode and I've gone to get a tyre changed. And I'm in pastoral mode and now I'm in the paying for my tyre in a tyre place in town in pastoral mode. How you doing, mate? Like, really, how you doing? Like, like, how's business? Yeah, has it been tough? 
As, and and I'm, I'm asking the questions. Like, I'm confronting the, the guy on the other side of the, the cashier. 25 minutes later, the guy's in tears, pouring out how tough it's been and what's been going on and what the, the organisation's been going through and how hard it's been and, and, and the customers and, and staff and all the pressures of it all. And we get to the end of this 25 minutes of a conversation. Yeah, so what do you do for a living? You plug into God and you get blessed. Because of that, you, you, you bless others. And this cycle starts to, to take place where, where God shows up as you're being salt and light. Now, I want to say that they're, they're two good stories. There's been stories when I would have forgotten because I, it's a Monday and I've turned off. I'm tired when I've missed the opportunity to ask somebody how they're going. When, when in, in my humanity, I've failed. I haven't plugged in enough. And so this message is just as much for me as it is for everybody here today. When I ask you the question, do you need to plug in once again this year? If you need to plug in, I want to share this, this really quick, simple prayer that we can pray multiple times throughout our life. And it's a great way to realign ourselves with God. You know, when we, we pray it once, and the first time you pray it is, is so powerful when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But I believe it's a prayer that you can pray often because it's a reminder. The same way as we come to the table at communion time as a reminder. And the prayer has three simple parts to it. The first one's the hard one. It's saying sorry. It's acknowledging that we've messed up. And maybe there's, there's some here this morning that need to acknowledge that there's been times in the last year when we have messed up. And we say sorry. The second thing we pray is we, we say thank you, God, for sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for us. And we thank him that, that, that because of that, we can have our relationship restored. We thank him that that he's offered a power source. And then we ask that power source into our life. We ask the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us. Sorry, thank, and ask. Do you need to plug in this year? And how can you be a blessing everywhere you go? This is what it is to be salt and light. To be the salt of the earth and the light in a dark world. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that we have the incredible opportunity to plug in to the ultimate power source. As we worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one whose power is infinite, the one whose power created the universe. Lord, in that, in that blessing of knowing who you are, we pray that we would shine our small light, our small example of who you are, the small stories of what you have done in our life for others to see. And in doing so, we can preserve the God flavors in this world. We can preserve the truth. We can preserve the hope. We can preserve the things of you in the way that we live and bless those around us. Lord, I pray this year we would live in a cycle where we are plugged into the source, that we understand the blessing. Because of that, we we can't contain it. We want to share that with others, and we put that into action for others to see that glorifies you so that others may plug into the source and do likewise. 
We pray that 2022 would be a year where we would see hundreds, if not thousands of people plug into who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.